Welcome to episode... <laughs> I messed it up already. Welcome to episode 574 of the Entertainment 2.0 podcast brought to you by the digitalmediazone.com. I'm Josh Pollard. And I'm Richard Gunther. And this is the show that puts you in control of your favorite movies, music, shows, and games. And we are right in the middle of an entertainment news desert. <laughs> yeah, also known as the holidays, but more specifically known as the week before CES. Right. That's the real exactly. reason for it. But we've got a little bit of, of news to cover, and we thought we'd do something a little bit fun. I kind of threw this at, at Richard at the last minute and said, hey, wouldn't it be fun to talk about some of our favorite media from 2021? So we're going to go through some of our favorite picks. And we did not tell each other what they were ahead of time. So it'll it'll be as fun for us as it will be for you. So that'll be after the news and after the feedback, oh, wait, we're already done with the feedback because I don't think there is any unless I just missed it. But I don't think I did. If I did, if I did miss your feedback, I apologize. Uh, Richard and I are getting slammed with CES email. So it is easier to to miss these things amongst the, the flood of, of other messages coming in. So I apologize if we did. I'll try and find them as, as I'm looking through things later. But let's just jump into the news. Uh, first story, it's not a surprising one. It's yet another price increase from an online streaming service provider. This time around, one that we don't frequently talk about. And I, I think that's primarily because it's maybe the most expensive. If not, it's definitely one of, but I think it is the most expensive of these types of services compared to YouTube TV, Hulu, and Sling, and all those guys. It is Direct TV Stream. They announced that they are going to be increasing the price of their plans by a couple of different amounts, depending on the plan that you have, all starting January 23rd. And it seems like this price hike is mostly related to regional sports networks wanting to to ask for more money from the service. And the the reason we guess that is because there is one tier of DirecTV Stream that doesn't have any of those uh, any of those channels. It's called the Entertainment tier. It is sixty nine ninety nine. That tier's price is not increasing. It is staying steady at sixty nine ninety nine a month. All the rest of them go up. The Choice plan, which only gives you your local regional sports network goes up five bucks to $90 a month. And then the ultimate and premier plans, gosh, I didn't even realize they had plans that cost this much. Uh, they're going up by $10 each to $105 and $150 a month. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. Wow. <laughs> I I didn't do the research to see what all is included in there. Like, I, I wonder if maybe it includes... HBO or something like that is just mm. so much money. I don't, I, it's got to include some premium stuff for that kind of money, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, wow, that is a lot. I mean, if it doesn't include an actual premium service of some sort, that's wow, that's unheard of. I maybe, maybe. 
that's access to premium sports services of some sort. Yeah, if it's like every sports channel in the universe or something. Well, yeah. except for what? NFL ticket? Wasn't DirecTV the service that had the whole NFL ticket thing that you could pay a fortune for? Yeah, that was like 300 bucks a season or something like that. So I don't know. I mean, who knows? I, I, I don't know the, the cause of this. I don't know what's in those packages. I looked it up. All I know. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm dying. Tell me. You do get HBO Max, Cinemax, Showtime, and Stars. All right. So you're getting the majors. You're yeah. getting. All right. All right. This is starting to whole lot look like cable. I mean, <laughs> right. just, just saying. It looks exactly like cable. Right. And if any of you are still hanging on to legacy AT&T TV now plans, like you didn't switch over to a direct TV stream service when the service is kind of combined under the one umbrella, then regardless of which plan you're on, your your plan will also be going up by $10 a month. So there you go. Uh, that's depressing. Let's move on to other news, although this isn't <laughs> super exciting. So we talked a few episodes back about the Google Home app now working as a software-based remote control for your Google TV or Android TV devices. And the, the one thing that we thought was a little bit weird about it is that Instead of having a D-pad, it was swipey controls. You would swipe like you were using a trackpad on a laptop or something. It, it was kind of weird. Biggest news, maybe of 2021, they've implemented a D-pad in the application. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not the biggest news of 2021, but it's there now. Uh, it's Although it's still not obvious, if if you load up the... I was going to say the app, but it's not a separate app. It's the Google Home app. Uh, if, if you go into the remote control settings for one of your Android or Google TV devices, click the remote button, it's still going to give you the swipey controls. So you have to go up to the top right, click the kebab menu. At least that's how it works in Android. I didn't try this on my iPad to see how it works in iOS, but there's some button there that you go in enable the d-pad controls and i i did try this out and uh it looks like at least for me i closed out the google home app went back in and it did default to the d-pad controls for me so hopefully it does look like it it remembers the setting you chose because i don't ever want to use the swipey things just give me the d-pad like normal hmm. that's interesting because i th i think that coming from the apple TV world, the idea of the swiping gestures makes sense to me. Not that I love the Apple TV remote. I'm in the this remote sucks camp, but I've become so used to that that it does seem natural on like remotely to a TV screen. So it it's I, I'm sure it is going to be interesting to find out if they ever share telemetry, how people are using it. Yeah, and and frankly, I think that the swipey controls actually make a lot of sense when you don't have tactile feedback. This is just more me like grouchy old man yelling at clouds like I just want the old way of doing it, the way that I'm used to <laughs> like I'm used to using a D-pad, I want to use a D-pad 
even though if I'm trying to use this as a D-pad on my phone and looking at the TV, there's a decent chance I'm going to miss those those buttons, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. there's nothing tactile. And that's why the swipe right. actually does make more sense, but I still don't want to do it. It's just yeah. an old stubborn thing in me, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right. Last real news. And, and I think this is cool and, and kind of interesting. Um, and I, I guess to give a little bit of a spoiler into some of our CES talk, um, I wish I could get my ears on this thing. And while, while we're covering CES, we're doing it from afar this year. So I'm not going to be able to hear this in Las Vegas next week. Polk Audio uh, launched in December. Seems kind of weird. Uh, but in December, launched a new soundbar. It's called the Cigna S4. And it's Polk's first atmos soundbar which kind of surprised me like i thought everybody had an atmos soundbar at at this point in time but polk apparently didn't and now they do and it is it's got seven drivers in it two of those are up firing that's how you get the atmos height sound they works like pretty much every atmos enabled soundbar in that it's trying to just bounce sound off of your ceiling um, and then, you know, the other five drivers are basically pointed out at you. Uh, the other, well, the, the other really important thing is it does also include a wireless subwoofer. So you're, you are going to get some, some bass to out of, out of something bigger than just a soundbar. But the other cool feature that they've got, and this isn't super unique, but it's a nice thing to have, especially if you're just watching casual television is they've got technology that they're calling voice adjust, which is kind of a dumb name, but really all it does is it makes it so that if there's people talking and the scene is, has lots of things going on, it will make it easier to understand the people who are talking. And this is basically why in your typical 5.1 stereo set or 5.1 surround sound setup, that's why you have a center channel speaker. Most of right. the uh, the dialogue for movies and shows comes out of the center channel speaker, and right. all of that other stuff typically comes out of the left and right. Now that doesn't that isn't to say that no dialogue comes out of the left and rights, but they tend to focus the dialogue out of that center channel speaker. One because it makes it look like the sound is coming from the people who are saying it, because that's the speaker right underneath of your TV. But also because it's the one pointed closest to you. Like It just makes tons of sense for lots and lots of reasons. But in these sound bars where they've got all of the speakers in a fairly closer, you know, smaller enclosure, they've got to come up with some other ways of pulling that off. So they're doing it with, with software that... Uh, can also be specifically enabled if you push the button for night mode. The the you know having a night mode is a, a common thing in in most uh, sound bars and AV receivers and all of that. Where typically it'll just like reduce the bass a lot so that you're not shaking the walls of your house while people are trying to sleep. Well, in this mode, it also uh, works on amplifying the dialogue for you uh, in addition to uh, de- decreasing the bass. So. All of this sounds good to me. Yeah. And it's 400 bucks, which that price sounds really good to me. Yeah. Well, but it's Polk, right? I mean, it's not like we're talking about something from 
Bowers and Wilkins or <laughs> anything right. like that, right? This is this is a a a budget audio brand that puts out good products, right? So, like, I, I kind of cringed a little bit when you called them budget because I because I think they're better than budget, but yeah, but I mean, the price points, right? Where the the price points that they hit, I think, makes maybe the better word is affordable. Yeah, it's it's an affordable brand. But they're not known for fantastic audio, but they make good products. So I think this is something that is interesting to me. I'm actually going to be in the market for a soundbar. I'm going to be moving in about a month's time. And this new family room is not wired for sound. And it would be really difficult for me to do that. So Mm. I'm going to need... If I want to continue to have Atmos or even any sort of surround, I'm going to need to have some sort of soundbar. And of course, you know, it's a family room, so it's open. So it's not a really optimal space for bouncing sound around. So it, who knows how this is going to work, but <laughs> I, I, you know, I need to try some products. I, hey, we might need to review some products. We, That's we it. We might need to. We might try a couple different ones, see which ones we like the best. But it, in all seriousness, I mean, I, I think this could be appealing to a lot of people. The voice thing is a bigger deal than I think most people realize. If if you have a surround system and, you know, you, you, you're hooked up to an amplifier and everything, even in that case, it's easy for that dialogue to just get drowned out. By noises going on or music soundtrack is is specifically problematic and i find that many many audio folks advise that you bump the center channel up so that you can hear the audio better because the way they mix these things nowadays it's it's just not good <laughs> So well, that might be a controversial statement, but well, I so you know I'm sticking by it. It's just not good. But anyway, I think that that kind of feature is going to go a long way to help with problems like that. So I love seeing stuff like that. This is this is cool. I I want to I want to find out more about this. All right, cool. Well, that d- that does it for our news. Like we're, we're barely 15 minutes into the show, and and that basically does it for our news. So. We're going to jump into our media favorites of 2021. And there are a lot of categories of things that we talk about. And and I don't I don't know how Richard tried to figure out his on, on such a short timetable. Um, but this is basically our favorites of the stuff that we would basically talk about and what's going on in our entertainment centers, which is exactly how I found most of mine. I, I opened Mm -hmm. the show notes for every single episode from this year and looked at what I had put in there because I'm terrible at remembering these things. Yeah. So let's do movie last because I'm sure we're both going to have a movie at least. I'm thinking. Um, so, but we're probably not necessarily going to have something for every category. So why don't we start with the one I'm least likely to have an answer for? Okay. So you want to do game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, no, that, that, that works. That totally works. So um, mine is, is not going to be surprising. Um, you know, one of the things that I, 
I didn't tell Richard when I said we should do our favorites uh, of 2021. Um, I, I like to have rules on, on this sort of thing. I, I wanted to specifically pick things that came out in 2021. Oh, geez. Did, did, did I screw this up for you? Hopefully that nope. didn't screw up too much. Um, so since I'm limiting it to things that came out in 2021 for my game, I'm picking Forza Horizon 5, which I don't think is going to surprise anybody. It, it was the game of the year for, from lots of places. It's a really great game. Uh, if I was able to pick a game that came out last year, it would have been It Takes Two. I had so, so, so much fun with that game. Uh, but since I'm putting it on games that came out this year, I there hasn't been a game that came out this year that I enjoyed more than Forza Horizon 5, even though I've played NHL for more hours. <laughs> So that's my game of the year. Uh, Richard, which category do you want to jump to next? How about if we jump to book? Okay. I have a funny feeling we may be choosing the same book. I absolutely think we're going to pick the same book. <laughs> and part of that similarity is because I don't typically get time to go through books, to read a book or listen to a book. And I absolutely. 100% loved and recommend to everybody who's a sci-fi fan Project Hail Mary. Absolutely. It was phenomenal. So good. So good. From from Andy Weir, the guy who wrote The Martian and Artemis. Artemis, that's the which one. Which supposedly is not as good. I have not read it. I've not read it either. I keep forgetting that it exists. It's one that I should go and check out. Yeah, it was it was so so good. Um for for my like we're not really picking runner ups but I did just finish another book that also came out this year uh called mm-hmm. This is How the World Ends um it is a nonfiction book by I should I should look it up while I'm talking cuz it's important to have authors names um uh a, a woman who writes for the New York Times and it's about cybersecurity and a real bad situation that we're in in terms of you know, cybersecurity stuff. This is by Nicole Perlroth, P-E-R-L-R-O-T-H. Very interesting book, lots of history of cybersecurity and even just some history of of the internet, Uh, you know, internet history stuff that I didn't even know. Um, It's a really interesting book. It's maybe a little longer than it needs to be, but but really interesting. Like if, if you were fascinated by Stuxnet, at all um you're gonna like the the interesting uh information that comes out of this book but it's still not better than project hail mary that that book was just so good so good it was amazing it was amazing if we get runner-ups my runner-up would be i i read a couple uh political books this past year and of those my favorite has been i alone can fix it the um kind of telling of the year 2020 by two new york times uh, writers, uh, Carol Lenig and Phil Rucker. And I, uh, while it, a lot of it was recounting stuff that we've heard on the news for the last two years, I found it really interesting in the way they just dove into the details and the information that they got from people was really kind of shocking. Hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was really good. That is one I should put on my list to read. Okay. Do you have a podcast of the year? Ooh. 
I need to think a little bit about that one. So let's not do that yet. And you don't have that listed, do you? Uh, oh, you do have it listed here. You didn't give that to me in the initial list. Sorry. So. We're very disorganized here at the end of the year. That's okay. That is okay. How about if we do... How about if we do TV shows or shows instead? Sure. So I'll, I'll go first this time. Um, I don't know if if this is cheating. There was a new season this year of it. Uh, this isn't going to surprise anybody. Fair enough. It's Ted Lasso, and I think it counts because of the new season this year. I know I'm super. You know, I'm a year late to the game on this one, but it was so good. My wife and I absolutely loved the show. In fact. Uh, for Christmas, one of the things that that Jen got me is uh, a hoodie that that's like a, a light blue hoodie that says "Believe" in in big yellow letters. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah. That that show, like, I mean, we can't say enough good things about Ted Lasso. Nice. No, we really can't. I have ordered a couple things. I have the jersey, and I also, I think, ordered the the. Sweat either the sweatshirt or the vest that the coaches wear, mm. and they're not available yet. They haven't been <laughs> actually sent yet, which is really frustrating to me. But uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love that. That that was my runner up this year, mm. though. Believe it or not. So my number one show for the year was Mayor of Easttown from Hulu. And I talked about this on the show. It's a six or seven part. I think it's called, a, a, I forget what they call them now, but they, we used to call them miniseries. And it's a, an emotional, devastating story. And it is so good. It is just such good storytelling, such good acting. It is not for the faint of heart or for the family to watch, but it is really, really good. And it deserved all of the Emmys that it won. It was phenomenal. This is one that I should go and watch. Like if I can find the time, I, especially you said it's like seven episodes. I, I, yeah, I, I can make time for that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really wonderful. Okay. Did, did you come up with a podcast? <laughs> if you go first, I probably can. Okay. I'll go first. <laughs> so I, I don't change podcast all that often. Uh, but but I I did start listening to one this year. Um, this is this is in the religious category, I guess. It was called um, the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, and and Mars Hill was a, a pretty big church that started out in the Seattle area in the early two thousands, I think, with with a pastor named Mark Driscoll, and it was a church that got real big real huge, like real big in lots of ways. You know, they were one of the first churches to be putting sermons online and MP3s and stuff like that. And then in, it was 2013 or 2014, it all came crashing down. And it's a very, very interesting story, um, which like my my wife was following a lot of this stuff happening in real time. So this is more of a recounting of it for her. Uh, a lot of this was new to me. It's a really, really fascinating story. Um, That's a look. It's not just a look at like church stuff. It's also like power dynamics and stuff like that. Um, It was really, really fascinating. Um, Put out from, well, I I can't remember who put that out. 
uh, Christianity Today, I think, a, a, a popular magazine. It's the one that put that out. And they they just did a really, really excellent job. And, and it, this is not one of those things that, um, you know, dragged on longer than it needed to. They they didn't try to turn this into a two-and-a-half-year project to milk it for all it was worth. It was a few months and then done. And it's done now. Uh, and it, and so they they just did a really great job producing it. It was it was really good. So that's that's mine. All right, that's that's good. So I have two that I think fit the rules. I'm going to make one fit the rules. <laughs> one of them is an actual podcast series that premiered this year from Marketplace. It's called How We Survive, and it was hosted by Molly Wood. I say was hosted by Molly Wood, <laughs> believing that it is going to continue on to a second season, but Molly Wood is no longer with Marketplace. Right. Molly Wood left the organization to get involved personally in the stuff she learned and talked about in this show she she did. And the show is about how we as a planet adapt to the changing climate, uh, uh, the changing climate. What things can we do economically, socially, financially, science-wise? What things can we do to survive the changing climate? And it's fascinating. I the things that she dove into, I never really would have even thought about. And most of this season focused on the technology behind battery power. And that's just one season. Imagine that's just one aspect of you know how lives are changing potentially in reaction to climate change. So I, I really look forward to what they're going to do going forward. And I'm curious who's going to pick it up too. Yeah. You know, that was one that I meant to subscribe to and never did. And Maybe I just kind of subconsciously didn't because of her leaving the marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it is fantastic. It it really is good. It's it is done as a storytelling, you know, as as journalistic storytelling. So the the back and forth between interviews and her commentary and and uh, you know the the immersive audio of where she is and things it's it's wonderful they did a fantastic job with it my uh I, my second one is an episode i had a favorite episode of a podcast and there are several reasons this is my favorite episode this premiered on new year's eve <laughs> last year so i'm making this count it was within hours of this year <laughs> that's right it it was an unanticipated new episode of Tell It Anyway, Jenny Josephson, with her husband, telling a story about something that happened in their lives. And first of all, I, I just I, I I adore her husband. Her her husband is so funny and so smart. He's a writer in Hollywood, and he is such a good storyteller. And the two of them are kind of bantering back and forth, telling this thing that happened in their lives. And everyone that listens to this is going to be able to relate to it because everyone's going to know what they're talking about when they get to like the big moment, the, the point of the story. Mm. I highly recommend 
going back and looking for the episode that dropped on New Year's Eve. They might actually have published it to the stream in this new year. So there you go. It counts. <laughs> Definitely. Episode of, there you go. Episode of Tell It Anyway. It, it was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Okay. Well, let, let's do album slash music next. And, and I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah. So one, I can't count because you changed the rules. <laughs> So, because I didn't change the rules, I just didn't tell you you all. You didn't tell me what the rules were, right? (laughs) And then suddenly, oh yeah, you can't do that. All right, so um, one of my, I think my favorite album that was new this year was Emmett Fenn's "Far From Here." Emmett Fenn is an electronic artist. Um, He is very, very mellow and subdued and soulful. I've loved his music in the past. I have worn out, if it's possible to do that with digital tracks, certain cuts that he's come out with. And this new album that he dropped this year, I think is just absolutely fantastic. Love it. Highly recommend it. When I like an album, I pay the money to buy the tracks. And I have done that with this one. Um, I absolutely love it. I went back to see what I had listened to most on Apple Music this year, and a good half of the tracks on this album were among my most listened tracks of the year. Wow. I'm so I'm gonna have to look this one up. I've not heard of this artist before. Yeah. So now I, I have runners up that didn't make the cut of your rules, but I'm gonna mention them anyway. Hans Zimmer's soundtrack for Wonder Woman eighty four. Mm. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal soundtrack. The movie has so many problems, (laughs) but the soundtrack is so, so good. And my second runner-up also came out last year, but it's a Christmas album. And it's the, uh, the album A Drummer Boy Christmas from For King and Country. They're a, uh, they live in America, but they were born in Australia, and they're a Christian rock band, I guess you could call them, duo. This album is like in-your-face Christmas music. It is. <laughs> it goes from being just so soft and wonderful to being really loud and brash, almost like Mannheim Steamroller kind of loud and brash, but it's wonderful. It is powerful. It's amazing. I highly recommend this if you haven't listened to it. And if there's any hours left in the time, you're going to do a lot yourself to listen to Christmas music before the end of the year. Give this one a listen. Cool. Cool. I had a hard time with this one because most of my favorite bands didn't release albums this year. So <laughs> yeah, the, the closest I've got is an EP. Um, and I, I think that counts. It's not a full album, but it's, totally, it, totally. It's, uh, even though Spotify, for some dumb reason, calls it a single, even though it's five different songs. I'm not sure why That's Spotify weird. calls that a single. That's an EP in my, in my book. And it's, it's an EP called Neon Stars by the band Wild Rivers. Uh, Wild Rivers is the band that I listen to like crazy. Uh, you know, my, my Spotify, I can't remember the, the name of the thing they do to give you your, your year in review. It might just be called a year in review from Spotify. 
Uh, it's all them. It's like all Wild Rivers this year. I was in the top <laughs> 0.5% of listeners to this band this year, nice. which is insane. Uh, Jen and I went and saw them in concert this year. We're thinking of going and seeing them again in January. Like, I just love this band. Uh, but this is more of an EP because they've got a new album coming out in February. So I imagine it's going to have a lot of these songs and some other ones. Yeah, I just love Wild Rivers. Um, so I'm going to go with with Wild Rivers, Neon Stars. All right, there you go. Okay. I think we made it to movie. We made it to movie. So I don't know. You, you do, do you feel super strongly about any? Because I, I kind of struggled with this one. Right? Right? So there are two things that are kind of fighting against us on this. One, didn't see a lot of movies this year. <laughs> Two, didn't go to any movies this year. And three, nothing that I did see knocked my socks off. Yeah, I mean, in, in a, I, I, I saw some movies in theater. I went and saw a movie today in theaters. Um, uh, there, there was me, my daughter, and two other people. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was nothing that really knocked my socks off. Hmm. All right. Well, I do have a winner. And it's very recent. It is No Time to Die. Oh. I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I know it's been a little bit controversial. Some people did not like it that much. I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I thought they did a really good job of wrapping up his tenure as James Bond. He's been a fantastic James Bond. They do a good job of incorporating other characters that you've known and are and who knows may may get to and continue to know it, it was it was fun in all the right ways i think and while you do have to ask yourself how many times is bond going to go rogue and <laughs> then they're going to try and get him to come work with them again because that seems to have been the plot of every movie he's been in but it works and i i recommend it nice i've not seen that one i i, th I think i've missed the last couple of bond movies which i'm sure like royally offends you um i i like <laughs> bond i don't know why i haven't seen the last few I, I i should go back and see them i've heard good things about this one um if i had seen it maybe it would have been my number one pick so I made a list of the movies that I could think of that I saw this year that came out this year. And there's only four. Fast and the Furious 9, Shang-Chi, The Eternals, and the one I saw today, Matrix Resurrections. And that was after watching the third Matrix movie this morning, the second Matrix movie yesterday, and the first one like just before Christmas. <laughs> because my my 13-year-old had never seen any of them and she wanted to. And I was like, okay, I don't I think you might kind of struggle to understand these, especially movies two and three, but we'll try it. Um I struggled to understand right, them. Right, right. Like I, I was looking forward to rewatching them just in hopes that I would understand more, especially when the architect is talking. Like, what is he like? I think I finally get it. Now that I'm 40, <laughs> I think I finally understand the Matrix 20 years later. And Matrix Resurrections is probably my pick of that group. It's good. Mm. 
it's not the greatest movie ever. It's not better than the first Matrix. It's probably, I don't like, I don't even want to say that. Like, I, I was going to say it's probably better than the second and third Matrix movie, which to most people is going to be like, oh, just probably those movies were terrible. I don't think <laughs> they were terrible. I think they were right. pretty good movies. They just weren't as good as the first one, which would have been pretty much impossible. So it's different. Um, it's a lot more action, at least a lot more action than what you got in the first Matrix movie. A lot more fights, which is in some ways good. Like they continue to do awesome fight scenes. The story mostly makes sense. There's what you know, there is one part that I would like to rewatch to understand what what is the purpose of this plan and and why do we need to do it this way and and what's this per- yeah it's a little weird um it's good it's not fant- it's not fantastic it's not a movie that i'm going to watch a whole bunch of times in the next year because it was you know mind blowing or anything like that um i i i had hoped it would be but it's not quite there but that still makes it a lot better than fast and the furious 9 way more enjoyable for me than Eternals and mm-hmm. slightly better than Shang-Chi, I guess, because it's a story that I'm more interested in, but they both have yeah. really great Kung Fu. <laughs> All right, there you go. So yeah, I guess I'll go wow. with, with, with the new matrix movie. Wow. Yeah. I do want to watch that, but I like you want to watch the other movies first. So I am sure that this is going to be, gone from hbo by the time i finally get to watch it and i'll have to wait for it to come out again on hbo Hmm. maybe yeah so we actually signed up for hbo max so that we could watch because i owned the first matrix well i own all of them but i i'm not into watching dvd copies anymore and i only have the first matrix in 4k i don't own Mm. the second and third ones in 4k so, so yep. we got HBO Max so that we could watch those and so that Eden could watch Pretty Little Liars. Uh, and I guess there's some Harry Potter thing that's coming out like in a few days. Yep. So in a few days, want to watch yep. that. So yeah, HBO, you can watch all four of them right now if you want. Make it one long day, one kind of awesome long day. <laughs> that would, that would uh, hurt my brain, I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, do do you want to get into the rest of, of what's going on in your entertainment center? I didn't even check to yeah, see if sure. you have new things down here. No, I do. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and, and run through that. Because, you know, it's been holidays and I have stuff going on in my life. So, yeah, there's, there's some stuff. So, uh, as I mentioned, I'm going to be moving in a little bit. And so we've been going through things, trying to get rid of stuff. And I'm finding old stuff. Yesterday, I found the manual for my ATI cable card tuner. (laughs) Why do you have the manual? I think the bigger question is, why was it in the linen closet in my bathroom? (laughs) I think that... (laughs) Now, in fairness, I have a fair amount of random things stashed in there because I don't really use the bathroom in my office as like a place to bathe. It's a bathroom off my office. So I don't need linens in there. So it's storage <laughs> for me. Right. 
But but yeah, I, I thought that was a, an interesting find. Now, the, the, the real thing is, as I start getting rid of the carcasses of computers in the basement, am I going to find the actual card down there somewhere? I probably will. And it will see its end finally in the big dumpster that's in my driveway. Mm, see, I didn't get rid of some some of those pieces that felt like history. I, I moved them. <laughs> Don't tell Jen. I moved them. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm trying not to do right. that. I'm trying not to do that. I found some first-generation Insteon controller devices that they stopped making like 10 years ago. Oh, man. And uh, took a picture of them and and sent them to one of my contacts at smart labs. And he, he was like, wow, that's, that's nostalgic. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, cool. All right. So, uh, I've been watching some stuff too. Disney insider. I mentioned this last time they are back with new episodes. So I've been watching a few of those all caught up on new Amsterdam couple left for that season. Not quite sure where they're going to go with that exactly. So, um, it's it's been good. I've enjoyed it. Discovery season four. I mentioned that I'm disappointed in this. I think what I'm disappointed in is it's lacking. It's lacking something. It's lacking the like. I don't care. The stories are good, but I just don't care. And I think part of it is because this, there are characters that act so earnestly. They are so feeling it, and it just seems overdone. It seems. Uh, it's just not realistic to me for some reason, to the extent that, you know, flying around the universe in a ship that is somehow propelled by spores is realistic, but it it just doesn't seem as good as it has been. This show was very, very good in its first two seasons. And last year was intriguing this year. I'm just not feeling it, but you know, I'll see it through and, I'll probably watch it because it's Star Trek and there, you know, it has potential. We've been watching Penny Dreadful. I mentioned that we have a couple more episodes under the belt in season two of that. There is, if you haven't found it yet, a very short, I think three minute long Ted Lasso commercial. I mean, uh, animated Christmas short that you can watch on Apple TV plus. If you're into that, it's a couple more minutes of the Ted Lasso characters as animated characters, but voiced by the real actors. And it's entertaining. It's nothing special. Watched a bunch of movies. We watched the movie, which I've already seen before, The the Art of Racing in the Rain. I didn't read that book. I've heard it was very good. We liked the movie. Um, I'm a dog person, so that helps. And uh, also watched a bunch of Christmas movies. Watched Scrooged. Watched Miracle on 34th Street. The new one, not the old one. Watched Christmas with the Cranks, one of my favorites, actually. And I've never done this before at Christmas, but we watched Die Hard and Die Hard 2. <laughs> because apparently the consensus is they're Christmas movies. Right. And I'm not going to fight that. So uh, finally, there has been a lot of talk on the internet about this documentary that a YouTube video guy did about Disney's lines and how Disney lines work and how they've changed over the years. And there's one out now called Disney's Fast Pass, and it's 
in a series called Defunct Land. So you look for Defunct Land in YouTube if you're interested in this. It's an hour and a half long, like, individual produced show about lines at Disney, the math and science and mechanics behind them, how they've evolved, and why what they're doing, though outrageously controversial, is probably actually the best way of managing lines right now. It's fascinating. Hmm. Absolutely fascinating. Maybe so something if you're that into you Disney, should watch while you're in line at Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> if you're into Disney stuff, and probably more importantly, if you're in any way interested in queuing theory, uh, this is really cool. Interesting. That's cool. Yeah. All right. That's it for me. That's a lot. But Josh, how about you? Not a ton. You know, a, a little bit of, of Forza Horizon 5, a little bit of NHL 22. Of course, I already mentioned that we watched all of the Matrix movies within the last week. Uh, I don't regret that at all. It was fun. And uh, we did watch um, our our Christmas Eve tradition is to watch um, the original Grinch Who Stole Christmas, the the one that's only like 28 minutes long or whatever. And yeah, 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 I, oh, I, I love that. I grew that like that was my Christmas tradition growing up. Absolutely. So I, I, I love that. That was that was great. Um that's pretty much it outside of some football and things like that and and gearing up for some some big football big college football this this coming weekend um we're we were hoping to maybe go do um the new spider-man movie this week i think jen's probably gonna end up seeing it with my daughter i don't know that i'm going to uh, it gets tricky when three of us are interested in seeing a movie, but not the eight-year-old. You know? <laughs> so I, I don't know. Maybe I'll just pass. Uh, but Jen definitely wants to see it, and maybe we'll have to have her back on the show to talk about the, the new Spider-Man movie. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me, too. Unless you find some obscure time, that's not likely to be an empty theater. That has been raking in the dough. Yeah. It hit a billion. Right. Yeah. It, it was <laughs> Already. crazy how packed theaters were the weekend that thing came out. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. We weren't there. <laughs> I, I've really enjoyed Good. this season for, for, for movies. <laughs> I mean, I didn't expect there to only be two other people there, but then again, it was a Wednesday at two o'clock in the afternoon. But it's the week between Christmas and New Year's, so I thought there might be more people in the theater than a total of four, but I wasn't complaining. That's probably a very good yeah. thing. Oh, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this week. So, and, you know, to, to put out a dad joke, it's the last show of the year. We'll see you all next year. Uh, so next week is CES. We're covering CES. We're doing it remotely, together remotely. Um, not in Vegas. We're, we're, yeah, we're, we're not going near that. <laughs> not this year, <laughs> even though no. uh, Richard, I, I don't know if you've looked at their, their latest announcements. They are really ramping up, uh, what they're requiring people to do, they're giving people COVID tests. They're requiring masks. They already required vaccinations. I still don't know that enough of that would be that, that all of that would be enough for me. So yeah, neither of us are going to be in Vegas. We're still covering CES next week. What does that mean for a show? 
It means I don't know what day we're recording this show next week, but there will right. be an Entertainment 2.0 next week, wrapping up all of the, you know, entertainment news media, entertainment media stuff, news from CES next week. And uh, Richard and I love recording these shows in person, so that'll that'll be really fun. Um, yep. But probably we tend to do those a little bit later in the week so that we've got everything so that we can talk about all of it at once so we don't have to do it twice. So probably later in the week. I wouldn't expect it to be live. We don't normally do those live, but maybe, maybe. We might be able to do this one live. That's true. We're not in crappy hotel Wi-Fi, so. Yeah, we're, we may be able to do this live because we're going to, yeah, let's, let's look into okay. that. Is If you have the equipment you need to pull this off, I'll have my good recorder. We, I think we can make this work. Cool. All right. Well, then maybe we will do it live. All right. Well, that's, that's it. So if you want to get a hold of us, we're on Twitter. Richard is at Richard Gunther. I'm at Josh Pollard. The website is at DigiMediaZone. All the rest of our contact information, including the email address, if you want to send us some feedback, is all over in our show notes at thedigitalmediazone.com. I'm not going to put our picks of the year in the show notes because I want people to listen to them to get our picks. If you missed them, maybe I'll update them a few days later. But otherwise, you might just need to rewind. And you know, if you're like, ooh, I really like that book that Richard was talking about. Well, just rewind it 30 seconds and you'll get the name of it. Uh, but that's going to do it uh, for, for this show for 2021. It's been a, a pretty decent year despite the pandemic and uh, looking forward to 2022. That's going to do it for episode 574. He's Richard Gunther and I'm Josh Pollard. Thanks for listening to Entertainment 2.0. Adios. Goodbye.